to Vacation Station, hosted by Lisa and Nancy, editors of BigBlendMagazines.com. Welcome, everybody, on today's Big Blend Radio Vacation Station Travel Show. Nancy and I are very excited to focus our attention back on Natchitoches, Louisiana, one of mm-hmm. our very favorite places on the planet. For sure. Um, seriously, we could live there. We could, you know, Absolutely. And you, you guys, we travel full-time on our Love Your Parks tour, but this this is one of those places in our top ten exactly. list of if we ever mm-hmm. stop, this is like one of the places. Yeah. Um, they have meat pies. <laughs> they have amazing people. They have amazing nature areas, so much history. They have Cane River Lake. It is beautiful. And um, when we think about we we're in the heart of spring right now and going into summer, I know it gets warm, and every time we're there, it's in July, um, and like we've had it. a blast. I know. it is. The nature is beautiful. It is just awesome. Um, I encourage you to go to the website, Natchitoches.com. And so if you've not heard our shows on Natchitoches and have not been to Natchitoches, it's N-A-T-C-H-I-T-O-C-H-E-S dot com, Natchitoches, Natchitoches, right? Um, But it is Natchitoches is how you pronounce it, but it's Natchitoches dot com is a website to go to. Um, Natchitoches is, you know, the oldest settlement in the state of Louisiana, and it's part of the no man's land where at one point there was no law and order for three years back in the day, way, way back when, and uh, talk about history. It's also home to the Cane River National Heritage Area that just, like, takes over so much land and has all kinds of historic sites like Cane River, Creole National Historical Park, uh, Melrose Plantation, uh, all these historic sites. But, again, uh, Cane River Lake, uh, Kisachi National Forest. Anyway, I'll just go on and on. I love it there. There's the Natchitoches Downtown Historic District that you're going to want to do. It's also the home of the – they have a film trail over Steel Magnolias and all kinds of other movies that were filmed there. So it's really, really cool, and they have meat pies, again, but just saying. It's a mix. It's a mix of upcoming young and vibrant and not forgetting history. That And that's really, mm-hmm. really, really hard to do. It's, it's a culturally mix. diverse. And everyone yes. gets along, and it's a big old party. They do know how to celebrate in Natchitoches. Um, on today's show, we're excited. We're going to talk about what to do in, at the end of spring, going into summer. And uh, we have three special guests joining us. I'm, I'm sure you all have heard. Arlene Gould and Kelly West, both from the Natchitoches Convention and Visitor Bureau, are joining us. Uh, you go to Natchitoches.com, Natchitoches.com. We're also excited to have Richard Johnson join us. And he is, oh, my gosh, this is one of our special places. We went to the last trip mm-hmm. last year in, in summer, Carolyn Dorman Nature Preserve, also known mm-hmm. as Briarwood. Yeah. And go to that website. It's briarwoodnp.org. But let's bring Arlene on first. Arlene, how are you doing? Hi, y'all. Um, <laughs> hey, hey, y'all. Hey. I'm hey, doing very well. Thank you. <laughs> oh, it's good to have you back on the show. And how are you doing, Miss Kelly? I'm great. How are y'all? So we're all we're all doing good. I you know what? I think we need to come back through. Like we did drive across over Shreveport and like waved at you at like three in the morning or something the other day. A couple of weeks we're ago. Hey we're like, y'all. Hey y'all. I know. And we're just like, Well, they're there and we wanna say hi but we had to keep going. But um it's really good to have you both back on the show and also very excited. We've wanted Richard on the show for like since we first met him at Briarwood. Mm-hmm. And this is just an exceptional park with an exceptional story of conservation and nature and an amazing woman, uh, Carolyn Dorman. So welcome, Richard. How are you? I'm doing very well. Pleasure to be good. with you. Yeah, cool. listen, the only better thing is if we were actually at the preserve with you right now, right, on a picnic. Absolutely. All of us were at a picnic right now. Uh-oh. That would be super cool. Oh, and today would be the perfect day for it. It cool. would. Oh. It's, been, it's been an absolutely gorgeous day today. Oh, nice. Oh. Well, that's hmm. awesome. We'd like to hear that. It's interesting because I know over the last year, Louisiana has had all kinds of weather, hurricanes, uh, it was a tornado a couple years, Richard, before that. But yeah. um, Natchitoches doesn't, like, Natchitoches just stands strong and is like, no. We're not going down with this. We're going to still, you know, just keep rocking and rolling. Pandemic comes, nah, we're just going to keep rocking and rolling and eat meat pies and have a good time. And then you got a little snow over there. So, like, Richard, the the preserve has gone through so many changes. 
I'm wondering what your summer is going to look like in regards to plant species. I mean, I wonder if you're going to get new ones that you haven't seen yet. We have. As a matter of fact, uh, last year, uh, toward the latter part of summer, I, in preparation for mowing the roadside, I was looking at the different plants, and I noticed one I'd not seen before. So did a little investigation. Uh, come to find out it is a globally rare, extremely mm-hmm. rare uh, plant. Its uh, common name is uh, barbed rattlesnake root, and Ew. it's only found cool. – It's about there's only about 30 to 70 known colonies worldwide. Wow. And it is a native of this area, but cool. because the forests have grown back up is probably one of the reasons why you don't see it uh, that much. It's It needs more sunlight, and hmm. it popped up and surprised us last year. Oh, wow. Cool. This is so cool. Well, you know, Nancy and I went through a lot of wildfires when we lived in mm. Southern California, especially in the mountain town, Julian, up in the mountains, and... I mean, it was, what, seven fires in a year and a half we evacuated from mm-hmm. big ones. And the last one was really devastating. But going through that, we watched the land change. New and all these different species came back. And they actually came back quicker. And this year, we were in Texas. And as we record this right now, we're in Texas. And we've been to a number of parks. We've been to the whole country. Right now, we're in Lubbock. We've been to Dallas. We've been everywhere, man. Seriously. We've been <laughs> everywhere, man. We have. But they went through this huge freeze, and I've talked to a lot of homeowners and people going, oh, my gosh, my garden, my garden. And right now even we're looking at where we are right now, and you can see things coming back. It's slower. And we have been out on trails and parks and seen wildflowers come back, and people are like, oh, we didn't know that these existed, and they thought everything was going to be done and over with. So I think places like Briarwood – remind us of the resiliency of nature. You know, we still have to protect her, right, and be kind to her and respectful. However, you know, when nature does its thing, and it's it's devastating to human beings, but nature, I think, wants things to come back around in its cycle. Do you, so that's kind of neat for where you are at the preserve to be able to witness that, even though it's hard work. I know you've been it, through a lot of hard work. It, it is. It's, it's kind of tough. You know, when you see uh, 150-year-old trees lying, talked mm-hmm. about at will, and mm-hmm. you look at that and go, oh, my. Mm-hmm. But then the next year you see all the new growth that has come up, these new rare plants that have popped up and so forth. So we just have to – we're along for the ride. We just sit back and mm-hmm. watch what nature do, what nature does. Yeah, um, it's like a seed bank. You know, and mm-hmm. the seed bank is is deep, like it could go ten, fifteen, twenty five feet under the ground, and depending on the weather mm-hmm. and the climate and how and the wind, which like, oh, let's take topsoil over there over there, and then that suddenly these plants can you can come tell up we've been because, in Texas <laughs> well, no, but I mean it it is really going according to mama nature, not according to man, absolutely. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. so you got to take your hat off to Mama. Mm-hmm. Mama's in charge. <laughs> she, she, she is. is and charge. listen, I travel with my mom, and, and trust me, no matter what I do, I'm in charge. <laughs> she is. She's in charge. Well, I want to. I want to just. I want to back up here for those, you know, for their first time listening to Big Blend Radio and uh, hearing about Natchitoches because um, it, it is really a unique, special, special place. Arlene. Um, give us a little overview of where Natchitoches is, because you're northwest, you've got the university, um, but just this incredible heritage area that you have, too. I mean, the, when when you think about where people, nature, and history connect, this is, and good food, mm-hmm. and music. So cool. Sorry, <laughs> the music. Um, the, and a good party. I mean, Let me just go, and, 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 and. Um, but Natchitoches is really unique, and I know you've traveled as well all over the place, across the country, around the world. But Natchitoches is special with its location well, thank and you. that it holds on to everything, mm-hmm. its heritage and, and integrity of it. We're very proud of our community, and you know that. 
Um, but Natchitoches is actually located off of Interstate 49, approximately 75 miles south of Shreveport, Louisiana, and about 50 miles north of Alexandria, Louisiana. So we're in the northwest part of the state, and we are home to Northwestern State University, which was founded in 1884. Uh, Natchitoches celebrated its tricentennial year in 2014, and wow. we are the oldest settlement in the Louisiana Purchase Territory. Uh, older than New Orleans. I'll, I was telling somebody today that came in that had been here for the first time. They were from Wilmington, North Carolina, and they said, we've never been here. This is so cool. I love all the history and the culture. Y'all just have everything just so beautiful, and you know how the plants are downtown and everything looks, you know, pretty pristine and i said well you know i like to tease because we're so old but we still look pretty good <laughs> considering our age <laughs> and um but now we are we're, we take pride in our community and i think our, our residents and the visitor residents you know realize the importance of preserving and preservation and our visitors mm. certainly do appreciate it and recognize it so yeah we do and one thing I want to touch on real quick, because we haven't done this on the last shows, is um, you're also um, you're part of the El Camino. Uh, uh oh, <laughs> got to get the El Camino National Historic Trail that <laughs> ends. It goes from like beyond. It goes from Mexico through San Antonio. It has all these little spurs that go in and out. And I think we went part. I mean, if we were in Austin, I think we went through part of it too. And it goes all the way up to Natchitoches, Louisiana, and it does go through Nacogdoches, Texas. Um, mm-hmm. So you're part of that yep. historic trail. But also, the we are, we're, Hunt, we're, go ahead. Yeah, go. yeah. Go ahead. You, you're on a Jeffers, roll. You, you're, we're, all roads lead to Natchitoches. <laughs> I know. I'm always on a roll with you guys, man. I could just sit here and talk for hours about how much I love Natchitoches. It's ridiculous. It. Like, you know, people are going to get jealous. But honestly, Jefferson Highway is this other route that is, you know, it's been there, it's historic, and I think this is very important when we keep these historic highways. And Nancy and I travel on these historic corridors mm-hmm. all the time, and some towns really wanted corridors, didn't get them, or lost them. And you can lose this history very easily if you don't yeah. acknowledge you what you have careful. in your backyard. Mm-hmm. And Jefferson Highway, I didn't even know this was a historic highway until our last visit with you, and you were talking about you have a park, but there's a whole coalition. So you've got a new park, and you've got a highway. Like, But this is an old highway, but you're putting it on that map. <laughs> well, that's true. Uh, the El Camino Real, we are part of the Caddo um, region from mm-hmm. Nacogdoches to Nacogdoches. It's approximately 100 miles you know, in that region. But, yes, it does go all the way to Mexico City. So that's a historic trail. But uh, way before the Jefferson Highway, actually in 1915, uh, over 100 years ago, from Winnipeg, Canada, all the way through the Louisiana Purchase Territory and ending in New Orleans, uh, the Jefferson Highway Association was formed to create roads, paved roads, or um, you know, for all these cars that were rolling off the assembly line but had no roads to drive on. And so they basically, it was the first intercontinental highway to run north and south. And it does go through 17 parishes here in Louisiana, intersecting with several of our Louisiana trails and byways. Oh, wow. uh, Yeah, so all the way from Winnipeg, Canada, down to New Orleans through the Louisiana Purchase Territory was the Jefferson Highway. And that was even before numbered highways and, of course, interstates came after that. So, uh, yeah. Um, a lot of people are surprised, you know, to learn more about the Jefferson Highway when they realize that the highway goes right through their communities. And even when they had the 100-year anniversary in 2015, two young men came through Natchitoches. They were doing a documentary on it. And we have Jefferson Street, which, of course, has where Fort St. Jean-Baptiste is and several of our historic homes and bed and breakfast, including the Steel Magnolia House and mm-hmm. LeMay House. And and it's on Jefferson Street. And then we realized, well, Jefferson Street was the Jefferson Highway. Yeah. <laughs> and cool. so we did. We did a new pocket park uh, directly next to um Fort St. John Baptiste State Historic Site and made it a pocket park and it's right on the Jefferson Highway or on this Jefferson is- Street. So it's a it's a new Jefferson Street pocket park. So rather interesting. Cool. But um yeah. So um 
We do have uh, we're we're you know kind of incorporating our Louisiana partners uh, for we've created itineraries from Shreveport down to Louisiana all along the way stops along the way on the old Jefferson Highway and to bring them to these communities. But then of course you know like I said it goes all the way up to Winnipeg, Canada. So come on down, Nancy. Mm-hmm. We need to go up and down. We need to do it. Well, Let's do it. I know, you're making me think about my grandmother who had a 1912 Ford little car. 1912. Wow. Like, yeah. Are you sure it was 1912? And she, yes, and she drove it from California to Canada and back. Wow. Yeah, I know. Huh. And she's and her husband was deaf. Wow, I'm looking at him now. Deaf, so <gasps> Oh, look she, at this. He he wouldn't oh. drive, and so she did, and she was only four foot nine, and she was like, she told me stories <laughs> Don't mess about with her. when the when the car broke down, like she did, she had a flat tire, and the, at that point the tires were not like we have tires now, but uh, she she made all the kids hold hands across the highway for hours until they physically made the next car stop. Oh, wow. Yeah, and no, she's like, no, this is how we're doing it. She was a little spitfire, man. She was so cool. <laughs> she was. She's, she's my nana, man. That's awesome. Yeah. It's, I wonder if she did that. I wonder if she did that route, dude. Like, seriously. I know I'm calling my mother, did. dude. That's she, so wrong. Because she was like, she got, once she got the, the, as she called it, I got wheels. When she got the wheels, she just like, no, I'm not sitting home. I'm taking, she had four, four children. And she took wow. them everywhere. She and like, she rode a motorcycle too. She was one of the first women yes, to ride a motorcycle. She was one of the first women <laughs> to ride a motorcycle. But Nancy, I don't know. Nine put, nine listen, you put us on a motorcycle and they lean in, we lean mm-hmm. out. Like so, like we're we're stupid. Like I should be so disappointed. But like look at what we're doing now. So it's cool. But this Jefferson Highway thing, I think it's really cool that you guys honor the history and. Um, it's interesting you talk about your, your, your tourism partners going down through from Sheepport down. And, Kelly, that brings uh, me to no man's land. This is really a historic belt of Louisiana, and it's really unique. And you guys have been – I think it was like three-year celebration. I know COVID may have put some damper on things, but are you still mm-hmm. celebrating no man's land, Kelly? And you want to give everyone a little overview of no man's land because it's fascinating how many historic sites and how much you can do. And eat your yes, way through Louisiana. <laughs> Certainly, yes. It started as a three-year celebration because mm. it was technically a no man's land for three years before it was ratified and joined into the Louisiana Purchase Territories. Um, but we've decided we're going to continue the celebration. And so I love it. Moving forward, this is a new thing that we are promoting um, in these seven parishes along the west side of Louisiana. And, yes, Louisiana has parishes, not counties. So when you hear mm-hmm. Bringers Bay Parish, it's not the church parish. It is a <laughs> county-style entity. Um, cool. But there are seven parishes along the west side of Louisiana that were not originally part of the Louisiana Purchase Territory. They were considered in no man's land as neutral strips between the Louisiana Purchase Territories and Spanish Texas. And it was a disputed zone. They weren't really sure who it belonged to for a while. Um, Mm. But it became a land of outlaws and in-laws and crooks and straights. Oh, wait, that's a country song. Kelly's doing the best explanation of this I've heard. Like, honestly, (laughs) I am going to write a song off of this. No, No, I think there should be a movie called No Man's Land. Yeah. There, there definitely should be because you know we did. We mm. had outlaws. It was you know just south in, uh, cool. part of Natchitoches Parish that is part of No Man's Land. It, it's Robeline, which is the small mm. town now. But at the time, it was that was the boundary, so it was known as Robbers Line because if oh. you went through there, you were gonna get robbed. And mm. so, um, and it ev- the wow. name evolved into Robeline. And so, you know, that's oh. our, part of our little piece there. But there were, you know, people lived there. There was no law, no order. You know, they just kind of did their own thing. They were very much pioneers in the area. And so a lot of the families still have descendants that live in that area. And, you know, um, but also down to around the Lake Charles area, they, that's where the legends and the folklore, the pirates come in because that's yeah, where they cool. would come in and they'd like bash to their, their gold and their, 
<laughs> exactly, because there was no law, so they could come in and do that. Um, but it did eventually become part of the Louisiana Purchase Territory, but it, it makes it a very unique and fun part of Louisiana with a really cool history. And so we've you know, joined together to promote that area through a di- couple of different ways. Um, and one of them is a product that we are just launching called a gas station food trail. <gasps> you know, Louisiana's known for food, and I've all have eaten oh. at one of them. Uh, well, I bet okay, you can guess more. which one. French, French Express uh, by Sharp uh-huh. like the Hotel <laughs> Circle. Let's just call it Hotel Circle in Natchitoches, right? You got the Holiday Inn, you got the Best Western, you got <laughs> you got everything there, and and now you've got like and Comfort Inn, right? You got Comfort Inn there too. Yes, and Comfort um, and then French Express. Listen, <sighs> everybody. Yes, it is it's not so just good. a gas station. It's a good gas station. You actually, you know, when you go to a gas station and they don't give you the stuff to really clean your windshield and do all, no, they do, they take care of you. And you go inside, and if mm. you're staying in the hotel, you just walk over. Everything mm. in that store, you can get gifts, you can get wine, so very important, and then they have the fried food section, mm. meat pot. Remember that one night, Nancy? Oh, yeah. We ended up like, with a little we, bit of everything. Not? That was so good. Everything. Wow. I want one <laughs> Sorry, now. Kelly. Sorry. Just get excited. No, exactly. Well, and and that's the thing is, you know, food in Louisiana. Louisiana is known for our food, um, but mm. we have all of these really amazing, nice gas stations that serve incredible food. I mean, from mm-hmm. fried ribs, fried pork chops to yam cake, to mm. salads, to, you know, ice cream, to pizzas, to tamales. Um, all of these things oh, yeah. can be found at these roadside food places all along the highway. And so that's part of the story that we're telling for No Man's Land is that roadside food stop where you can get really amazing food in a gas station. How yeah, fun right. is that? And Zwali so tamales. Cool. Out in exactly. <laughs> and they're not tamales you would get in the Southwest. Like here, your tamales are like Christmas time and big, fat. These are like different, man. And it's kind of like a blend of cultures, like mostly going indigenous peoples, you know, tamales. And this is what's so cool about this whole area. Um, and no man's, is it visit no man land, no man's land.com or .org? What yes. is the website for Yep. Okay. Visit no man's land.com. Go mm-hmm. there. I mean, Really, and Lake Charles and all the way up, uh, great places. And uh, I, I wanted to bring this in, too, because Kisachi National Forest almost is like your connecting unit. And Toledo Bend with the Sabine River and that whole area, the reservoir, those are kind of like big connectors mm-hmm. between East Texas and Louisiana. But then Kisachi National Forest is the only national forest in Louisiana um, how is that doing? I know after the hurricanes, Kelly, that um, are people able to hike in there again? What, what are we like yeah. now? Yeah, yeah. Cool. I believe that all the trails and camping areas are now back open. I think they made that announcement a few weeks ago. Yeah, because mm. even, you know, obviously hurricanes came through and then the ice storm damaged some, you know, other areas. And so, <laughs> but all of, the, all of them are back open. The um Hiking trails are back open. The ATV trails will be back open very shortly because they only open seasonally, and they're not quite into their season yet. But, yes, everything's open and operating, and um, they're welcoming visitors back into Kasachi. Well, let's cool. party, man. But this, 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 I'm excited about this. You guys know, like, this favorite place. But talking about Kisachi mm-hmm. National Forest brings us back to Richard. Uh, Richard over at Briarwood, also Carolyn Dorman uh, National Pre- uh, Nature Preserve. Um, it's a national historic place, historical place. So it is on the register. It's an important place to visit. Uh, but Carolyn Dorman, um, she's going to end up on some of our interactive story maps. One is as an author. Um, she's an author. She is a teacher. She she she's an amazing human being. But her ties do go back to Kisachi National Forest, right, Richard? Just so people know who she is. That is correct. Uh, Caroline Dorman is considered to be the mother of Kisachi National Forest. Mm. Uh, it was through her uh, valiant efforts that, after the clear cutting of the early 1900s, that uh, the state of Louisiana changed its laws to allow the purchase of private land for public use 
and they were able to purchase up the lands. Of course, timber companies were happy to sell it. It wasn't worth anything to them at that point in time. Mm-hmm. And they bought up thousands of acres, which we now know mm-hmm. today as Pisatchee National Forest. And because of her drive to to mm-hmm. see this through, uh, she was given the naming rights uh, to the forest, and she named it Kasachi after the uh, Kichai, I believe I got that right, the Kichai Indians of the area who were, called themselves Kasachi. Hmm. Oh, I didn't know you that know, part of it. But that's interesting because a lot of people would have named it after themselves. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That was not her. <laughs> that was yeah, not Caroline Dorman. She, she, uh, she was not one to... Uh, she wasn't a glory hog. She loved yeah. to uh, educate people. She loved to uh, make sure that people knew the importance of nature and mm. that it was important to reforest, uh, replant the forest after the, the massive logging operations that had yeah. uh, taken place. So <clears throat> as a result of that, we now have Kathachi. Well, I want to also talk about with her because it's called Carolyn Dorman Nature Preserve, but it's also Briarwood. Like when you go in, you've got the big gate thing at the top. Like, you know, it's it's kind of like reminiscent of the old school national parks with the way the gate is when you go in. You know, that Mm -hmm. whole sign like Briarwood. So what is Briarwood about? And um, because you you do have two names. (laughs) We do have two names. Uh, the official name is the Caroline Dorman Nature Preserve. Uh, it is uh, also called Briarwood, which is the name that her grandparents gave the cotton plantation that they had here. They moved uh-huh. here from Barnwell County, South Carolina in 1859 and established an upland cotton plantation. And mm-hmm. they called it, uh, they named it after their plantation over in uh, Barnwell County. They named it Briarwood when they got here, too. So that's now, why we have two names. Also, oh. when you talk about the clear cutting, am I remembering correct when you took us on a walking tour, which was amazing? Because to me, there was like so many different mm-hmm. micro climates, like different. Mm-hmm. The, the biodiversity was just in full flux, you know. Mm-hmm. And it went. It just you, you had the bog area with frogs and stuff, which is so cool. Mm-hmm. I, and we saw spiders. We saw all kinds of you know, all kinds of cool stuff. And you guys, we're going to be making a video of this because there's some cool stuff. I'm just bummed we didn't see a snake. I don't know if Kelly wanted to see one, but. Well, we had a, had a visitor yeah. levitate over one the other day, so. Oh, wow. Oh, <laughs> levitation. you got a levitation station going yeah, on. Yeah. That's good. Almost, it was a, a very small, uh, one of the very small ringneck snakes, and he almost oh. stepped on it, and he took that little extra push off with his back leg and managed to avoid stepping on it. And, of course, mm. I had to pick it up and show it to everybody. Oh, there you go. See, See Lisa, <laughs> you did that the other day. I know I did that. And we went to Big Ticket National. Like this, like, I'm like, she. I'm like Lisa, snake, and she did a jig. You didn't say <laughs> snake. You said Lisa. Like, she does this. When she saw a tarantula in a park one time, she just goes, <gasps> And I'm like, what? And she couldn't come up with the word tarantula. And it was this giant tarantula. And then she's telling me to get down and film it, like down on the ground, yeah, right next to it. I'm like, yeah, no, no. Um, get but down, then there was a snake in Big Thicket. <laughs> this has been a bucket list of mine to go to Big Thicket. And this snake, we're walking through the bog areas and everything. And it's still kind mm. of wintry going into early spring. So we're kind of not in the, you know, the gator's going to bite your butt or snake's going to get you yet. But there was a snake. And it was mm-hmm. tiny, and it looked, I mean, I'll send this photo to you, Richard, because it's so neat. It's a brown snake, what they call a brown snake. I was looking it up mm-hmm. on an eye naturalist and everything, mm-hmm. and it looked, mm-hmm. I mean, exactly cool. like a pine needle. The color, mm-hmm. the, the weight, it was I so mean, cool. do you get them? I mean, you've got to, yeah. you're that close. We, we, <gasps> have the, we have them too here. The, uh, it's, the, uh, cool. it's the little brown earth snake. Yeah, they're so cute. They are. This, this is cool. But I want to go back to, okay, so I know because some people are going, I'm not going to go there because of snakes. Listen, go with Richard. You'll be fine. It's okay. You've got to learn that's part of our natural okay. ecosystem. And that's part huh. of going to places like Briarwood is learning so that you you don't have the big fear, right, Richard? Isn't that part of absolutely. the whole thing of Briarwood is to have that education? Yeah, absolutely. That's what we're about. We uh, We do a... An educational presentation 
uh, on our tours. It's a historical and botanical tour of the property. And as we travel along, you know, we talk about whatever the visitor happens to see um, that flits by a, a deer, a squirrel, a, mm-hmm. uh, a pileated woodpecker, uh, or any other bird that that comes by. And mm-hmm. so we just try to make it as fun and educational as possible for the visitor. When when we talk about Kasachi National Forest and then also this forest where um, Briarwood, where you know it's a replanting, right? And she really tried to save everything. I remember something about like there was a small portion of it being old growth, right? Wasn't there just like one or one or a few trees? Or, am, am I getting this right or wrong about that? There was a portion of Briarwood where it was old growth, or am I thinking back mm-hmm. to Kasachi? No, it. Uh, you are correct. There is a uh, there is a stretch uh, here on the preserve that is uh, old growth timber, and that is mm-hmm. things that are. Uh, by today's standards, we consider anything pretty much over 100 years to be old growth. And mm. uh, unfortunately, the tornado wiped out some of our old growth oh. hardwood stand. But mm. it's uh, we got new growth, regrowth of hardwoods mm. and, and pines that are coming along to fill that in very nicely. But as you come through the front gate, there's some 100, 100 to 150 year old pines there. Mm. And then along the uh, uh, the Sparta Road portion of the trails, uh, there's some others that are in the 100 to 200 year range. And, See, and you know, nature has this like thing, Mama Nature is not on the same clock we're on. <laughs> no. She's not. <laughs> you know, and we're like all rushing ahead and doing this, doing that. And we're all like busy like ants. We're. Oh, everything has to be fast and instant. And Mama Nature goes, you know what? I'm going to think it over and take my time. Absolutely. And mm-hmm. even as as bad as the, the tornado area looks, uh, mm-hmm. it's teeming with new life. Yeah. Uh, there's, I've seen uh, bobcat tracks in there. Uh, oh, cool. We've seen um, more of the songbirds. Uh, mm. The migratory birds hang around longer because they've got food and shelter out there. Uh, this mm-hmm. past year, the indigo buntings, we had hundreds of them that stayed throughout wow. the summer. Uh, wow, that's we only cool. see a few uh, because it's not the, before it was forest, it was not their their choice of habitat. Now it's open, they love it, and they hang around for a long time because they've got plenty of food and shelter and areas to build their nests. See, so Mama Nature sent them an email. Louisiana is one of the best places for bird watchers to go. Honestly, you get shorebirds, you get swampy birds, you you know, waterfowl, you get seagulls, you get everything. I mean, Mm -hmm. everything in bald eagles, raptors, everything. And so, like, when you go into, like, Kasachi, you you go to a bayou, just drive down the roads and pull over, you'll see turtles, terrapins, Mm -hmm. or all kinds of, I mean, it's all there. Gators, it's cool. It's like if you're a nature person, this summer I encourage you to get out. Kelly, you get out there and kayak, right, out in, in Cane River Lake? Yes, certainly do. And cool. it's perfect for it, too, because there's no current. It's a steel lake, so it's perfect to get out there in a kayak oh. or on a paddleboard and just move up and down. And um, you do sometimes have wind to deal with, but other than that, it's, it's an <laughs> Easy float. You don't have wind until you have hurricane. Listen, Texas, you got wind. <laughs> you have wind. I don't. I'm sorry, but Dar- Arlene, I know Arlene. She's not kayaking. She's getting on the boat, right? Arlene wants her <laughs> boat trip with her wine. I know she doesn't usually drink wine, but she'll have her little wine at, at, on a boat trip, right? That's your thing. For summertime? that's it. That's it. My little motorized boat, huh? <laughs> let let the boat oh. do the work. Yeah, we went on, what was it, the Cane River Queen. That's right. We went paddle-wheeling down the Cane River. That was so amazing. You saw all kinds of birds and, you know, waterfowl and, you know, just, you know, egrets and herons and, you know, super cool. So this is like, and then you can go to a brewery later if you want to cool down. You know, that's, it's really good. (laughs) Got breweries, you you can, 
on the boat, you just do the Queen's wave to people on the shore, and they wave, and you do the Queen's wave. You're like, hi, I'm special. Hmm. <laughs> oh, that's why they call the Cane River Queen. <laughs> oh, yes. That's it. Well, Nancy, <laughs> you know, there, there you go, girl. Well, I, I, I want to go back to Richard on Carolyn Dorman, too, because she's a really I, – I want to – I want to like do a story on her because she's so fascinating. She was a teacher. She also drew. And I remember being in the one cabin that was where her home was right on the property, Mm -hmm. seeing drawings. And and so she was drawing, like she was doing botanical drawings. It wasn't just writing. She was into art. She was totally immersed in nature. So, I mean, we, we look at her as an author. We also need to look at her as, as a documentarian, right. Of Mm -hmm. nature for Louisiana. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she uh, <clears throat> she was quite an accomplished artist. Um, she res- took a degree in art and literature from Judson College for Women in Marion, Alabama. But I, mm-hmm. my my thinking is it just enhanced the natural God given gift that she had as an mm-hmm. artist. Uh, she just got the absolute finest of detail in her work. Her preferred medium was Japanese watercolor, and that's mm-hmm. because I think because you can get the most subtle nuances of color uh, to match the natural, the plant itself. And mm. uh, she authored uh, and illustrated all of her books. Uh, so it, the one, there was one book, the Southern Indian Boy book, was a collaborative effort with an Indian artist by the name of A.C. Blue Eagle. Uh, but the rest of them, all the uh, plant and bird books that she did, mm-hmm. she illustrated each and every one herself. Wow. And, and quite uh, quite an accomplished artist in her own right. Mm. What about Virginia, her sister? Because she lived on the property, too. What, Miss Virginia was older than Miss Carrie by 12 years. Uh, Miss Virginia was mm-hmm. the, uh, uh, the business uh, mind. Miss Carrie was the artist... Uh, the author, the person, she was not interested in in those things. So, Miss mm-hmm. uh, Virginia. This is also, a balancing equation here. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it really was uh, <laughs> because, uh, like I say, Miss Carrie, her focus was on nature and the things mm-hmm. that she had going on. Miss Virginia was the one that kind of oversaw the finances and mm-hmm. kept the books in check. And mm. uh, kept them in in, uh, in food money. They they were not wealthy by any stretch of the imagination. And my daddy always liked to say, if, if Caroline Dorman had two nickels to rub together, she'd have bought a ten cent plant. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> so that yeah, was her. It was nice. all it was all about nature and getting people to understand uh, the importance of nature and uh, our environment and restoring it. So she when do we have, get to stay in that other cabin on the property? Like there's that when, other cabin, not her house, but, you know, the other cabin. You know what I'm talking about, that little retreat. I know which one you're talking about. <laughs> Come on. Mm-hmm. When do we get to Come stay on. there? Nancy, Come just on one up. night. Y'all okay. come. <laughs> I had to wait till we did the radio show so it could be public. <laughs> yeah, so they can that. That's it. You put him on the spot. That is the writer's cabin. For special, pe- for special people, we, do, we, we don't rent it out, so... Uh, but, uh, but we're special. It's, it's a sign. Exactly. It's that's for if you like want to come up and do a, do uh, do uh, articles and write ups and broadcasts about Briarwood, y'all come. We'll we'll, we'll make a video. Yeah. That, that we'll cabin make is a video. for biologists and everything that go there, right? It's it's yes, a it's uh-huh. a working cabin. Yeah, it is a working cabin uh, for sure. And uh, <laughs> cool. uh, so we've had professors come out and. Uh, do research on the spotted salamanders. Uh, we've had uh, writers come out and uh, spend time up there and working on their craft and so forth like that. So, yeah. So, no, well, Nancy we'll, and I want we'll that and then make we'll, a video. And then we'll come run out to Arlene's house for dinner because Arlene may. Right. We're going to need it. I like to cook. I mean, I yeah, like to she, eat. <laughs> Well, she knows how to cook. Let me tell you, she's like seriously, like that's it. it was like we're going to Nacogdoches. We love all the things, and we're like, but we want to go to Arlene's house too. She should be on the map. I'm just saying. I don't know when Arlene's cafe is opening up, but it needs to open up at some point. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Well, just the food on map in Louisiana, just go Arlene's house. I know. It's I think- Arlene's cafe. I think all Louisianians like to cook, but more importantly, they like to eat. Oh, <laughs> Good yeah. stuff. Well, yeah. Was, 
But I think that this, like I, I keep saying over and over, there's a hospitality that happens in Natchitoches yeah, and the friendliness totally and, tell. you know, that's amazing. Um, what, you know, one of our highlights, and I know it's probably not ready this year, maybe next year. Um, I, I haven't talked to Dr. Shane Rasmussen yet, um, and I want to because we still have all this amazing footage from the folk festival, the 14th mm-hmm. annual one. It is still truly one of the highlights of my life, that event, oh, so cool. going to that Aww. in 2019. No, and so it's cool. special because, you know, like, just seriously, mm-hmm. there there are musicians and performers and dancers that um, this, you'll never, this is just, it's iconic, unique, and, um, awesome. yeah, this gold. So awesome. They're, they're, <laughs> no, it, it, it's, it's special. And um, I hope it comes back. Where are we on that, Arlene, do you think, or Kelly, in, in regards to that festival? Do you think it will come back in 2022 or online for 2021? We're, we're waiting to hear what's going to happen for this year. But, you know, that uh, that's one of the mm-hmm. that's one of my favorite events here in Nashville. Yeah. It always has oh my been for, for decades. Um, mm. Of course, it's always held in July, which is a hot time of the year, but it's in an air-conditioned, um, you know, Prather Coliseum on the ground mm. at Northwestern State University. So, um, but we're, we're waiting to hear their announcement, what their plans are going to be for future uh, festivals coming up. Oh, I know they were man. doing a video series. They got a grant to do this a video series in, in um, hoping that, is out there maybe it is mm-hmm. but um everyone again nakadosh.com natchitoches.com uh to keep up with everything um <laughs> moving so we've talked about briarwood again uh briarwoodnp.org definitely a place during the summer richard open on weekends and then schedule appointments and tours during the week is that, that how is it correct mm-hmm. awesome. we're open saturdays march april may october november uh we're open those months and we're open Saturdays 9 to 5, Sundays noon to 5, uh, weekday and off-season uh, tours by appointment. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Very cool. And and do it. Mm-hmm. It is really awesome. a magical place. And there are skinks. And there are all these be- beautiful flowers. And the meadow, does the meadows, I mean, when we were there, <sighs> is that meadow in bloom all the time? Mm-hmm. It is uh, starting in, uh, generally starting in March. Uh mm. We've got something so cool. that starts blooming, and we'll have things in bloom all the way through until the first good killing frost, uh, which mm. usually takes place around the end of October, 1st of November. Mm. At yeah. that time, we mow it and get it ready for the next year. You mow the meadow? How, how can you mow <gasps> the meadow? you got to sow the seeds. No, ow. Dude, you're hurting <laughs> you, me. You have to get in there and uh, scatter the seeds uh, out there and spread the seeds for the uh, for the plants so they can uh, have more of them to come up, as well mm-hmm. as by mowing it, you knock down the taller uh, late spring, yeah. summer uh, plants so that when the bulbs, which are kind of a nod to Caroline Dorman mm-hmm. and her sister Virginia, they had a bulb farm here. Uh, oh, cool. and up until about 1928, mm-hmm. and so it the, that gives it room for those guys to come up, and then as soon as they finish up, here come the Louisiana Blue Stars, the Adamasco Lilies, mm-hmm. followed by the Sweet Yellow Cone Flowers, mm-hmm. and the Golden Rods, and then uh, oh, cool. the Fall Blooming so uh, cool. uh, Sunflowers and so forth like that. So, yeah, we got some going on all the time. I want to come back. I want to come back. I'll come, I want to come work. I want to come work on a working vacation. I do. I want to get my hands dirty. I started weeding where we were here in, in Lubbock. I started weeding and getting my hands dirty. I was like, it feels so good. Of course, I had a glass of wine in my hand while I was doing this. Yeah, exactly. If you're going to weed, you're going to have wine. She's a one-hand weeder. No, I'm not. And then she's like, you're not pulling. You're pulling it from the top. you got to pull the root I out know if you're going to do it. I know. I'm like, get the root. So you, yeah, no. Nancy's just sitting there with her wine telling me what to do. It's great. Exactly. But, Let's let's go into summertime and um you know I wanted Arlene May May is a big deal, um travel and tourism week this year, mm. so important yes. you know um I, I you know it's such a different thing everyone is worried there's vaccines out some people don't want them it's such a mixed bag and basically you want to say to the world like I do like travel when you feel right be mm-hmm. responsible. Yep. 
But at the same yeah. time, the travel and tourism and hospitality mm-hmm. industries really need support. Mm-hmm. And we need well, this mean, year more important than ever. Well, you know, when you think of the your own local community and the economy, mm-hmm. I mean, tourism is the economic engine, you know, that drives, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and stimulates. But, but you know, last year, you know, the 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 theme for last year was spirit of travel, and this year we're going to start a new chapter. It's the power of travel. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're hoping to drive recovery and help define our country's way forward because we really were set back so far when everything mm-hmm. came to a screeching halt. Yeah. And I know that, um, you know, when when I travel, I just feel so much better, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> getting out and, and learning new things and new cultures and being around, you know, people and, and just, you know, I mean, travel is healthy for, for everyone, too, mm-hmm. you know. In in their own way, but again, too, like you said, you have to be responsible and you have to be aware. Of, you know what's going, what's still going on. I mean, you know, the virus is still out there. You know, right? Um, but um, shots. I mean, people, more and more people are getting the shots and and the vaccines, and you know, people are still cautioned with social distancing and and wearing the mask, and mm-hmm. uh, hopefully, you know, in time. Sooner rather than later, we can kind of get back to some normality and um, start celebrating travel and tourism, you know, the way it should be celebrated. Exactly. um, I I think based on our experience, and we've had a lot of flack for us keep traveling during the COVID thing, Mm -hmm. um, that we travel responsibly we are extremely cautious. We wear our masks. We wash mm-hmm. our hands. Um, yeah. It, it, we Just do. like my mama taught me. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> Just like my mama taught me. Well, we, you know, when I raised her in Africa, and it was like, wash your hands, wash your hands, wash mm-hmm. your hands, wash your hands. It's really not that different. Um, yeah. You know, it, it, is, it is just about thinking things through in, instead of being automatic. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, just the economic impact of travel and tourism, people don't Mm -hmm. realize, you know, with, um, with, you know, with since COVID travel spending, and this is just some talking points from our, you know, Mm -hmm. national travel and tourism, uh, week notes, but travel spending is down nearly $500 billion, Mm -hmm. um, billion costing Mm -hmm. the U.S. economy more than a trillion dollars, you know, Mm -hmm. and, even travel-supported jobs have fallen by 34% from 17 million jobs in the travel industry in 2019 mm-hmm. to just 11 million in 2020. So it's kind of like, you know, it's a recovery. It's going to be, you know, um, a slow start, but we have to get started somewhere. So we're hoping that, you know, in time the right measures will be in place and people can move again in, in a health and safety way and put Americans back to work and, mm-hmm. you know, get back to, to living and traveling and, you know, being a tourist, you know. Exactly. You know, having it's really boring, having an adventure. It's about boiling. It boils down to change your habits. Mm-hmm. That's it. Change your habits. Is that that hard that you can't change your habits? You have to always do what you always done. Change your habits. So you wash your hands, you wear a mask, uh, you're cautious, and you think, you think before you just react. Well, it becomes more mindful. Changing your habits. Become a mindful more mindful traveler. I yeah. want to really pre- I want to give a shout out. I know I say this mm-hmm. on so many shows, but the rest areas have really cleaned up their act across the yeah. country. Truly, mm-hmm. safer, mm-hmm. cleaner. Don't let so many people in at one time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. The parks is you know everybody is really aware, and I feel like as bad as as it's been uh, for the tourism industry, it's also made us all look about how we can improve. How it's a new standard. How we can it's a new standard in a way, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it's a pain in the butt, but it's true. And yeah, it's always a pain in the butt to but, make but, a change. But, I mean, it's, just, it, it's harder is what I mean, you know, and 
at the same time, like, we've been in Natchitoches. We were in Natchitoches in 2019 and 2020. I don't know what it is, but every time we end up in the same time of year in Natchitoches, <laughs> it's, 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 it's kind of like this anniversary, like a visit. But, you know, we, we did things. We went to restaurants. We were all safe. We stayed, you know, at uh, Holiday Inn the last trip. Um you know, everybody was very aware of how to do things, and you could feel safe when you go to the right places that are adhering to standards. And I don't think anyone's going to jump into the non-standard boat because it's not good for anybody. And most businesses right. in the tourism industry, especially restaurants, hotels, they don't want their staff to be hurt either. So if they don't want right. their staff to be hurt, they don't want you to be hurt. So well, we have to all be in places like we, you know, Richard with Briarwood. That's a safer place too it's it, we need to look at the outdoors but be out there and be responsible you know absolutely the outdoors, yeah the outdoors i mean you know maintain your distance enjoy the fresh air and sunshine mm-hmm. exactly <laughs> you can pull your mask down if you're six feet away you know or exactly. stay away from groups you can get your breath i mean it sucks the mask thing sucks but you can do it. You can do it for those little spells and then take your breath over here, you know, on the, the clean side, you know. You can yeah. you can manage it. Um, Kelly, I, I want to go back to you because summer is so cool. Everybody wants outside, social distancing. We talked about kayaking, but um, you're a mom, and you've got kids that you take out, and they have to, like, mm-hmm. really dig a place to keep their attention going. So... We've talked about Lost Treasure Mining Company. Is that something you would say for this summer folks should go to in, you know, late spring, summer? Definitely, definitely. They are open, and um, they're all, they've already seen families coming in. And, yes, my kids loved it. And it's something that they don't mind going again and again and again, over and over again. So um, we will definitely be hitting that up, as well as the Natchitoches Alligator Park, which is now open seven days a week. And all so, year long. Yeah. Yes, year round. So the, the other thing, too, in Lost Treasure Mining Company, you're digging <laughs> for, you know, gems and everything, which is cool, and arrowheads, and it comes off of sleuths. It's like this old school thing, you know. You feel like you're in one of those movies. What, what's oh, Harrison Ford movies, right? And yeah. your hands, the kids' hands are in water. So, you know what I mean? And you can't distance them. Their, their hands are being cleaned the whole time. So there's a lot to do there. Um, are the, you know, we talked about the heritage area and, you know, no man's land. Are uh, Is the uh, Cane River National Heritage Area still doing their walking tours? They are. They're doing them um, Wednesday through Saturday. So we've got a couple of different tour times that they're doing them. Um, yes. So carrying those on as long as the weather's nice outside um, and free, complimentary. Um, and it's a great overview of downtown and of Natchitoches' historic district. And No Man's Land. It's like if you want to know the history of Louisiana, go on one. It's super cool. It's really mm-hmm. fascinating. Uh, also, Kelly, um, I know the Sail on the Trail is this epic event that goes on the El Camino Real. Uh, goes from Natchitoches all the way through East Texas. Where people, you know, basically, here's this, you know, highway of yard sales. Is that happening this year? Cool. It is. It is. It is um, May 7th and 8th. All along the trail, um, we've been having new vendors signing up. So people are definitely not just wanting to attend, but people are new vendors are wanting to participate as well. And so we're super excited about this year's event. Um, it's going to be a really busy weekend, obviously, with lots of vendors all along the 111 miles from Natchitoches, Louisiana, over to Natchitoches, Texas. Cool. Everybody, and we've been we've done that route. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Um, there's also the uh, oh my gosh, I'm not going to say it right. You know what I'm talking about? The mounds. Not, ah, the swells. Oh, the Lovell swells. That's it. You've got to go. That's cool. That's like ancient history sitting there. The swales. Yes, definitely. The swales on the trail. <laughs> yeah, the swales on the trail. Sorry, <laughs> but it's true okay. because that's like ancient. They're like ancient. It's like an ancient pathway, basically, right? When you go out there, it's like it's ancient. 
they have you have to do it when you drive on that El Camino Real. And by the way, when you even get to Texas, like every historic marker, you Nancy and I did the trail from Nacogdoches <laughs> to Nacogdoches, and you, you could be pulling over every two minutes and see something new. Uh, all yeah. the little towns, exactly. uh, Fort mm-hmm. Jessup. You know, you've got all the. I mean, there's just so much, and, and it really takes a no man's land, and you just. It's it's amazing. So then when you have everybody coming out with the sail and the trail, it's, it's got to be epic. And it's on Mother's Day weekend. So if you're thinking about what to do with mom, you could do this. Hello. This would be good. <laughs> well, well, we'll be in Madison, Wisconsin, Nancy. I'm sorry, but we can swing by through Louisiana on our way back to Oregon. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know. Nope. Nope. I know. <laughs> Kelly's like, no, no, we'll we'll swing by. I'm serious. We'll swing by. Like we'll we'll do a drive through on our way to our, it will be after the sale on the trail, but we'll do a swing by and go, Hi. You know, we we won't do it in Streetport. Next time we'll just come through at three in the morning in Natchitoches and see if you guys are awake. You know. <laughs> just say, Can we have a well gas food station food, you could do it. See, that's the other thing. <laughs> it's another can, good thing. I keep yeah. telling Lisa, I want to stop at every historic marker that because there's so many. And then I, there's 2,597 historic markers in this country. And I want to stop at every one and read <laughs> at them. At every one of them. <laughs> oh, my gosh. There's you don't want to miss lines. anything, do you? Oh, no. No, we can't. We can't. We can't, we can't. And I'm excited about the Jefferson Trail, too, that, that highway. I think that's something we're, oh, we're going to yeah, do that. Jefferson Highway, yeah. We're going to do that. We're going to do that. It's on our, our, our list now, Arlene. It happened, but we want to thank you guys for joining us. It's always so cool to hear about one of our favorite places and that life is going on and moving forward, as always. So, everyone, the websites, again, Natchitoches.com is N-A-T-C-H-I-T-O-C-H-E-S. Mm-hmm. Like Natchitoches, com, And then also, you want to keep up with Briarwood, go to briarwoodnp.org. So Briarwood for Nature Preserve, Briar, briarwoodnp.org. And keep up with us at bigblendradio.com. Thank you all for joining us. It's been awesome having you on the show. We're going to close with some music. Because of the forest, we're going to have to play a forest song for you guys. I know we always play swampy Louisiana music, but today we're going to play a forest song. It's called Maury. It was Maury Forest Song, and it's by Yuna, uh, off of the album Yuna, excuse me, by Yago. And it's a husband and wife duo out of New York, um, but it's a beautiful, beautiful song. So here it is, Maury the Forest Song. Thank you all for joining us. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Take care. Thank you. Take care. Thank you.